What's up, everybody? This is the Betrayed, the Addicted, and the Expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the Expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the Betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the Recovering Addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. What's up, hey guys? guys. Um, so let's start off. We we we're, we started this new tradition of reading reviews about the podcast so take it away kobe okay i'm gonna read one from atbs 00017 not so cryptic um but that's okay and uh, this one is grateful beyond words light in the darkest hours when listening to you listening to you three to identify in your experiences on so many important topics and feel validated by your honesty has been the greatest gift in my recovery as someone who was betrayed, it has genuinely helped me to find, help me find that turning point for understanding and grasp my own path for self-care. I will continue to follow along with supreme gratitude. Thank you. That was super kind. Very kind. And fitting for this week is Thanksgiving. Yeah. So gratitude. I like it. For sure. That was legit. Okay. And uh, the second one that we'll read today and the last one um, is called So Healing. And it says, this is an excellent podcast. I have never been one to listen to podcasts in the first place, but this one has so much good knowledge to help people heal their marriage that it would be a loss to miss out on. Even if a marriage does not survive, there is still so much to be gained. The three perspectives help create empathy and understanding for the person, either the addict or the betrayed, for anyone struggling with a porn or sex addiction, there was so much understanding in this podcast. There's validation and healing for anyone who is struggling with betrayal trauma. This podcast will also be so helpful for anyone who wants to be there to support someone dealing with these issues. Whether you are a parent of someone struggling with this or an ecclesiastical leader working with people, there is so much knowledge and enlightenment that can come from listening to this podcast. Even if you do not struggle with porn and sex addiction in your marriage, I highly recommend this podcast because... There are so many good principles that can apply to any marriage. I have loved listening to this podcast. Thank wow. you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Very generous. Very kind. I like how she brings up um, ecclesi- ecclesiastical leaders and parents. What I've heard from from my clients is some of them have recommended it to their leaders, their church leaders, um, awesome. their their parents. And I think what what's really cool is we're finding that you know you guys are a couple in recovery but this our the content that we talk about is applicable to any marriage it's helpful to church leaders and so we're not so niche in right. just a couple who's who's trying to make it work in their marriage these principles apply to everybody to be healthy and so i love how she talks about all that so I agree. thank you totally agree um all right so uh Tomorrow, now if you're listening to this podcast, tomorrow won't be Thanksgiving, but <laughs> for to, us it is. For us it is. So tomorrow's Thanksgiving, which uh, has got us thinking a lot about uh, family when it comes to uh, recovery. And um, family is a double edged sword when it comes to recovery. They can be uh, the mo- some of the most important pieces to your recovery. And they can also be some of the most uh, destructive, detrimental parts of the recovery. And 
So um, we want to talk about how to navigate those relationships and um, what's helpful when you work recovery. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about disclosure in terms of who you disclose to, who you don't, why you would, why you wouldn't, um, how to hold some boundaries with your family as well. Um, I always say you know you're getting healthy when your family of origin starts to drive you crazy. <laughs> and so, awesome. so yeah, if, you, if you're starting to Super get better, true. they're going to drive true. you nuts. And, and so how do you, how do you deal with that? And you drive them nuts, to be honest, your he- your healthiness drives them nuts. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. So, so what what was it like for you guys? So our story is a little, maybe a little different than a lot of people's. We chose not to tell either of our families throughout our recovery. Okay. Um, actually, throughout addiction, we chose to tell our families. I think we were sixteen months, eleven months. How far? We were like eighteen months. Oh. Yeah. 18 months into recovery, we, we told our family. So it was like, wait, what? Right. They felt um, bad that we never had gone to them. And you'd been going through all that. Yeah, yeah, that we were doing it alone. This was our choice. It was our own stuff that we Why did Why did you that. make that choice? Um, did you withhold, like, without telling them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I want to hear your perspective, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Um, for me, I didn't feel anyone was safe. Uh-huh. Uh, I heard a lot of comments, which I was totally one of these people. You know, when you're around people and you hear someone's getting divorced, you think, oh, it's probably because she was so rude. Right. Or you make these past judgments. Right. And I immediately would be like, oh, okay. And I remember hearing people say, in my family, if my husband ever looked at porn, I would leave him. And so right. it they went on my list of never telling I you. Will never tell them. Yeah. Never telling you. Huh. Okay, but then 16 months later... I was in a healthier place where I wanted to share, you know, this is where we've been, and this is maybe why you think I am a beast. Uh (laughs) I have reason. And I was hurting, and I didn't understand, and I didn't treat my husband well, but we're in a different place now, and we do treat each other well and love each other. And ironically, they don't get to see it as much because we aren't as close with family. Like, we don't live as close anymore. So they don't get to see it. Yeah. But, but the timing of it too was pretty interesting because we had, um, we had disclosed to everybody in purposefully this way in meaning like we had, we had decided in October of what was it? 15? 15. Okay. That we were going to, um, renew our record a video like our story. Oh, yeah. And then we had recorded that through the month of like October, November. And then um, it was pretty much wrapped up and done. And so December was just in post-production. But we knew we were going to share it. And so Ashlyn had this idea, let's let's renew our vows. And I was like, okay, cool. But we want to invite family, obviously. So let's, it's time for us to tell them. So we really just had everybody over to our house just to say, hey, guys, love having you here. You know, hope you had a good Christmas. And I'm a sex addict. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was not like that. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but it kind of was. Yeah. It pretty much was, Have a actually. Great right? And exactly. P.S. Yeah. And yeah. we want more peas, right? Let me like right. pass it. We had lunch. But, but the, I mean, and I say that in kind of a flippant way, of course. There's a lot of irony in it. Um, but, but that's really kind of how it was with my family and with Ashley's family. We didn't have everybody over. We just had one off conversations. But, but the reason why we decided to share with them one is because we wanted to have them there when we renewed our vows okay and we wanted to understand the context like the history of where we had been because it's not as simple just saying hi you know talking to my my in-laws hi paul and suzanne so basically i'm a sex addict and 
had two affairs on your daughter and, you know, struggled with porn for, you know, 14 and a half years till I got like the right kind of help. And, but, but ultimately we had been prepared. Uh, Our shame resilience had grown to a certain point and then we actually shared it on video. So I think we were, if I'm just kind of thinking through this, Ashlyn, we really were just, um, our shame resilience had grown to a point where we, once we realized that we were sharing it on video, we were like, yeah. okay, well tell we have family. the courage to share this now because we had the courage to, to do those. Right. Yeah, we weren't being selective in sharing our story with those people who like right. deserve to hear, right? We were right. giving it to the whole world. Right. And maybe it would have been different had we had a lot of close interaction with family or, or close to them, but because we had some dance space, I mean, we're like, you know, an hour from, you know, the nearest relative right. and more. And because that was the case, I think that gave us some more dance space to heal on our own without having to provide explanations, be around them a lot, mm-hmm. interact with them when we were really struggling. Yeah. So I think that, I think that buffer um, really became um, a, a thing for us to allow us to go through our own process. And so I kind of, my heart's kind of going out to people who, who were close proximity wise to family and where maybe the pain and the betrayal and the addiction is pretty obvious right. where people are like, Hey, what's wrong? I'm seeing, you know, whatever. We didn't have that. Yeah. And we, we chose to be very isolated. We didn't tell anyone anything. <laughs> so, so when they did find out what was there good, was there bad? Like what, yes. what kind of responses did they have? Everyone was great. Uh, except just one bad reaction um, that was not accepting and, very confused still is confused years later Mm. um everyone else open arms so proud of you kobe so proud of you ashlyn just loved and they've they've supported us from here on out that's awesome yeah so it it, you know my experience is seeing my clients go through this um they get you know they get to that place where it's time for disclosure on you know on a broader level to their family um sometimes um it goes amazing and People are so supportive and all of that shame and all that fear was just built up in their own mind. Oh yeah. And all along that person could have loved them and helped them and supported totally. them. Totally. Yeah. And then sometimes I see the nightmare that they, they kind of picture. Oh, um, come true. Yeah. Where, you know, and, and things like, you know, dad saying things like, I can't believe your, you know, my son would do something like that. Or, you know, just shutting down and never talking about it ever again with you because it's so awkward and uncomfortable. Um, I see, I hear about those things as well. So it does go both ways. And that's why it's scary because it's a vulnerable thing. You don't know how they're going to respond. Um, if you can get to a place where you guys were, where you're resilient to your shame, it doesn't matter how they respond. You're moving forward in your recovery regardless. And you're also boundaried enough to be able to say, look, if you're a supportive person to us in our recovery, great. If you're not, then we don't have to force connection totally. with you if you're toxic. So that's the tricky part of family is like they are your family. And on in words, like on paper, we're family. Right. And yet I have those the the toxic relationships where it's within like, the it's family. It's not safe. Right. It's not healthy for me. So, and, and, and I know there's this belief of like, look, if they're my sister or my brother or my parent, then they, I have to tell them everything and they have to be close to me. And that's not necessarily the case. You can love them for right where they're at, mm-hmm. um, but also have your boundaries with them if they're not going to be supportive. So Agreed. I want to be really clear. Ashlyn, you just said it. Ashlyn and I had so much shame. We, we, we didn't have any resilience to shame when we started this and it took 
it took 16 months until we were until we were there until we were ready to share so um, for those of you who are listening who think well you guys you know put out a video you shared and stuff on like this huge stage so maybe you're the exception to the rule I want to be super super clear that we worked our hind parts off and continue to <laughs> and still do on our own shame resilience on our own stuff and um, we we grew our shame resilience like we like a muscle right but we were frozen with shame for so 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 long so, like again we didn't share with anybody for like what 17 years yeah 16 years or something yeah. like that and wow. when you're stuck in that you see a lot of fault in everyone else so when you go to family events i would nitpick everyone else right. too Be like judgmental i was and, super judgmental yeah. of everyone else when my own mess was like never talked about right which makes sense why you didn't want to disclose because yeah. if you're kind of in that place, you're thinking they're going to respond the same. the same to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I see, I see it on both sides. I see sometimes where D-Day happens, um, it, the, the marriage blows up, and um, <clears throat> the, the addict says, oh, no, you don't. You don't go tell anybody now. This is my issue, so don't tell your family. Don't tell my family. Um, uh, you know, I'm dealing with it and you don't have the right to tell people in the family. And what, what do you guys think about that? I think that the betrayed absolutely has, um, every reason and right to find someone that they can confide in. Like they have to have, they need support. They need support. What if they really want to go tell their sister who they're closest to and sister is just like a gossipy yeah, that's like family. super. Uh, I think I think what you have to think through. Is I think like, you can. For us, at least, we would talk about like when we did choose to share before we shared it with the world. It was something I talked about. Like, hey, I'm gonna talk to so and so. I feel the healthy, comfortable. That's the healthy thing to do, Ashley. Yeah. Right there. Say, say it again. <laughs> what you just said. I think it's important. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to we talked about it beforehand. Yeah. 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 Instead of we, saying, we, we agreed by the way, it. I told so-and-so, and now everyone knows. For I'll sure. tell you what's not healthy is going to tell everybody because you're angry at him, okay. and you want revenge, and you want everybody to know how justified you are in your anger. Yeah, so and you want victim. him to suffer like you've suffered. Yeah, victimy, right? Yeah. That's A victimy yeah. disclosure is not healthy. I think there for, was plenty of times I wanted to do I that. Bet. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you I gave you plenty of reasons why I do that. But I, I think it's got to be, because if you think this through to conclusion, it's like if, if Ashwin were to go to a family party and tap the, the you know, the champagne glass, ding, 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 ding. Hey, I just want to announce to everybody that Kobe's a total douche. He's been watching porn and had two affairs. Like uh, that, that creates this, this, this divide between Ashlyn and I, where I don't, I don't view Ashlyn as, as safe or I, or, or I can trust Ashlyn. And so all of a sudden recovery just gears down in a huge way. Well, and I'm going to add in this little piece, and I don't mean to throw you under the bus. We talk about this a lot, so I'm not really. It looks like I am, but I'm not. So well, early in, say, in our marriage, you know, we're in scriptures, and there's a scripture like cleave unto your wife, like leave your parents, right? And Kobe didn't do that. And it, I would no. bring up that scripture like crazy, like stop telling your parents every time we get in an argument. Right. Because what happened was we would go to their home and these people that I was like, yay, have a new family. And I never had like younger sisters and now I have them. They hated me. They're thinking Ashlyn sucks. They did. Yeah. They She's were like, difficult. she is She's such hard. a beast. And she does, cause I, they only got to hear all the bad. Yeah. They didn't hear for seriously for like almost, almost 17 years. 
how I all, betray her. Right. The, what, the whole picture of it. Right. right. And they, I mean, he was like everyone's favorite brother and I they snowballed loved him. my whole family. Like, and so it was really hard for me. So there came a point where I did, I had to set boundaries and I said, Kobe, I need you to support me. I need you to back me up. Like we're in a healthy place now. Right. Your family doesn't know me. Right. So you can hear the gaslight there, what we talked yeah. about last week. You know, if you if you can slowly feed that narrative to them and then they feed the narrative to Ashlyn that, hey, what's wrong with you? Totally. Um, then the addict's kind of working his magic a little bit. Oh, well, I and, my magic and I don't want to go time. to family events because I, I'm the bad guy. Right. Yeah, and you're I'm just, the bad I'm guy. I'm just standing there watching the train wreck happen. And I'm not standing up for action. You're not just I'm watching not it happen. You're helping <laughs> yeah, create it. Yeah, I, I created it. You're directing just, traffic. Just about to watch. <laughs> exactly. It was, um, yeah. it was, that was one of the, like, honestly, if there's one of those things that, that I have, like, deep remorse for. For sure. For, for you. I know that. That's one of those things. And, and, and that's change. And I made a very big point to change that since then. Um, to be by your side and to really stand up for you. And totally. And for us since then. Right. Um. Okay, so there's the other side of it that I see sometimes, which is the, the, the addict is ready to go. Like they've had this change of heart, so they, they're disclosing to their wife about what's happened. Uh, they want to work recovery. They get into therapy, and the wife is like, oh, no, you don't because it's embarrassing. It's, it, it's scary. Makes it's shameful, mm-hmm. right? And so this is something between us don't you dare go share this with anybody, with the world, especially with our family. And that's a really tricky one as well. Um, and it, it comes back to what you were saying earlier, is if the, the, the fact of the matter is, is disclosing to people can be very healthy and, and very important in, in terms of the recovery process. Um, but it, a healthy thing to do is to talk with each other and say, look, I feel strongly about talking to my brother or my sister or my mom about this because I need the support. They would be a good support person for this reason. And so I'm going to do that. And the other person might say, no, I don't want you to. I don't, but, to but to say, like, I need, I need this. And the reality is, is it's not just the addict's issue. Um, and it's not... It's not just their story. And it's not just their story because the the betrayed it's now their story too. It's yeah. part of their life, and they need support as well, right? Um, but opening up and getting support is important. So the more you want to isolate, the more you want to stay stuck, right? And, totally. I, and I think a really important point to identify here is is that the repercussion, um, the, the addict and addiction, like addictive behavior spike, is the only one that wins when the person who is addicted like refuses to allow the betrayed Support. to share. Yeah. Because yeah. all of a sudden then the betrayed becomes the the lonely person on the island. The lonely island without support. And in that place, then the and I did this, I, I totally capitalized on on your um I don't know, you just didn't want to share with anybody. So I was like, cool. And and so that that gave me more power in a sense more manipulation, more leverage over right. Ashlyn. If she's not going to share, it's like, cool, I'm safer in my addiction. She's not going to share. No one's going to know my secret. So in a lot of ways, um, that is, that's a strategy for the, for, um, the addicted. And, um, that sucks. Right. That's right. That is, that is devastating. And but that's a real, we thing. do have an episode a, a little back on isolation and coming out yeah. of that. That yeah. is a good one in reference to what you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, you guys, I've heard the horror stories of, 
you know, Thanksgiving dinner and a wife standing up and saying, Hey, I want y'all to know that someone like he's, he's, he's a porn addict. Legit. Or, you've, you've heard that? Oh yeah. I can, I could give you names right now, which oh, I wow. won't. Um, wow. but here's the thing is those, those things have happened and somehow, some way that guy's still living and breathing and moving forward yeah. and it's not the end of the world. So even if people know that aren't supposed to know, um, he's okay. And so my point is, you know, over disclosure can happen. You can tell people that aren't healthy and aren't supportive, but you can still move forward in your life and in your recovery, regardless of what anybody thinks about you. Oh, right? it, that is For sure. absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but the difference is he's not that guy. I imagine didn't just do nothing. No, no, he didn't. It, it, he would, he would totally be wallowing in his shame if, if he didn't work his recovery, right? right? He, he wouldn't be able to go to family parties. I think it'd still be he, hard, right? If he didn't agree to it, and if he didn't like like buy off on it, yeah, to have a, a family announcement at the Thanksgiving dinner table, yeah. that would like even if he was working recovery, the shame when that would be. I mean, it'd be hard to quantify and measure it, but it'd be tough. Well, it's Super a little tough. shocking in the moment, right? And yeah, For sure, yeah. Um, so I I want to shift gears just a little bit and talk about specific things that family does that can be very difficult to deal with and scenarios that happen um, that that can be difficult. So one one of the most common ones that I hear of is um, it has to do with the gaslighting thing we, we talked about last week, um, but it's where the family becomes very judgmental of the marriage and what should and shouldn't be happening in the marriage. Um, you know, what, what she should do, how she should treat him or wh- why he's such a jerk. And the reality is, is they don't see it all in context. They don't, they don't get the whole picture. And so when they become that way, they think they're being supportive to their loved one because the other person is hurting them or this or that. When in reality, they're becoming toxic. Um, they're a bit ignorant or naive or just unaware of what's really going on. And so um, with betrayal, especially, I hear, you know, like they're judging you like, like you were talking about earlier, Ashlyn, they're judging you, but they don't actually understand the context. So what do you do with that? Do you know? Tell us. This is what you do is one, you, you got to decide whether you're going to let them know the context. And if, if you're not, if you decide not to, then stop putting yourself in harm's way. Maybe, maybe you need to go over there less. Maybe you need to have a relationship that's more distant from them. Because if you're not comfortable telling them your, your biggest stuff that affects you in your life, then maybe you really do need some space. Instead of faking it, show, showing mm-hmm. up as a poser there, hey, everything's hunky-dory, but then you're contributing to our pain by judging us and telling us what we should and shouldn't do. That's not, that's not totally on them, right? They don't, they, they're, they're, they're responding from the information that they have. And if you don't want to tell them, then then you got to look at your boundary and look at that relationship, right? Does that does that make sense? Makes total sense. And and I know for sure that we've heard a ton of people respond like, "Man, I don't want to be fake. I don't want to show up at another family function pretending like everything's okay because it is so not okay." And so I think that I think that especially the point where you talked about like, I'm going to create some 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 boundaries here. Right. I, I think it's just super important, and I think it's also totally appropriate because we've had experience with this too not in this particular context, but to say to family, hey, listen, we're going through it. We're going through some stuff. We're, we're struggling. 
and I want to be really clear on this too, where we're struggling and we're gonna need some, some dance space. So we're not gonna be frequenting the Sunday dinner table as often as we have because we need some space. It's so, our own stuff. Like we're yeah. working on our own stuff. And so that means and like, we've done we'll text that several times. Or and we'll and what if they if get something. really nosy? What if they're like, oh, now, we, now I really want to know what's going on. Yeah, because it, it peaks interest. The drama, interest. The, yeah. what's going mm-hmm. on with them. And they start making up ideas and scenarios. Totally. Start talking we, behind your back with I'm each sure other about. We had two different experiences with this. And yeah. I'm sure all of that happened. But they respected our boundaries. And that's, and that's, all, that's, all, that's all that, that matters. Yep. That, that really yeah. is all that yeah. mattered. And I will say this too. Can, like... Sharing with somebody that you struggle is not the same thing as saying, I'm sinning. Struggle doesn't equal sin. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that's a super important point. And I don't know how pervasive this is in Christianity, but but certainly in the LDS faith and the culture that, that, that we live in, that's a thing where people don't even want to admit that they struggle because it's like this this undertow, this undercurrent Perfectionism. of like, <gasps> right. I struggle. Oh, I'm a human. Dang you. And that's just not the case. And you know what happens more often than not is when somebody opens up, um, another family member will will come and say, Hey, guess what? Me too. You know, like you're not the only one. Which or is else, what we want. Or else they'll they'll think it, like, oh wow, he has the courage to actually talk about this. I'm struggling with this myself. Like at least I know I'm not the only one. For sure. Totally. Right. So um I just ran a group and just barely just got out of it. And and we were talking about Thanksgiving and, and getting t- together with family and, and certain safety guards for, for holidays. And we should do a whole episode on how to how to safeguard yourself with your addiction over a holiday. Anyways, <laughs> I was asking the guys in the group what, what they were going to commit to um, for the holiday for their recovery. And three of the guys said, well, I'm going to be honest with my family. I'm going to be authentic because I'm such a faker. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm a poser around my family because I want them to think that I'm good enough. And, and, uh, and one of the guys said, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest too. And it's going to, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard for me and uncomfortable. And another guy said, you know what? It's going to be awkward and uncomfortable for them. It's true. Because <laughs> they're used to you being a poser, right? They're used to they're you like, being wait a, a second, something changed. Yeah, I don't like it. The rules. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's actually being honest with me. <laughs> we sure that's in the contract here? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we agree once upon a time? Whoa, that brother's not supposed to have boundaries. I, I can take advantage of him, and now he's oh my gosh, actually yes. boundaried. What oh the heck? Gosh. You know? We're not friends anymore. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, seriously. Hey, you know what? Um, like I said earlier, when your family of origin drives you crazy, you know you're making progress. So when you drive them pr- crazy, you're making progress because... They're used to, you were raised in that family. Um, they, they have helped you develop the patterns of behavior in your life that have ultimately got you to this destructive. The family norms. Right, yeah. in your life. And so a lot of your behaviors that you, that you exhibit in your family, you put out to the world. And so in your family, if you're giving them different behaviors, they're going to they're gonna not know how to respond. Ashlyn, to what's the clinical term for that? Being oh, a, being a transitional character. Oh, I love it. Which, which Ashlyn is. Which well, we both, we I mean, yeah. making changes, anyone who's doing this is making the cycle stop. They're right. breaking the family unspoken We rules, don't do hard things. The family norms. We don't talk about this. Right. We can be like, my family um, is very, we, we used to be very sarcastic. Like everything was sarcasm. 
And I remember my sister and my brother and, and me, and we kind of just finally got fed up with it. And it was really uncomfortable not to be sarcastic all the time with each other. Um, but we've, we've transitioned. And, and at first it was like somebody actually spoke up and said, this doesn't work. You know, we're just supposed to like cut each other down and yes. make fun of each other all the time. Well, now we don't so much, and and it's so much better. That's awesome. But somebody had to speak up first for that to change. This awesome. doesn't work for me. Love it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it, it it sounds like a strange thing, but it has been, it is it is not. I would argue, from my own experience, it was not the norm for me to be authentic in my own family. Not, I don't think for most people it's. And I can't not speak. The norm. If you're a disingenuous person, you're that way because you were trained to be that way in your family. Well, I was and, trained. And so as you grow up, you're going to be very disingenuous. We love disingenuous. our families. Yeah. We sound like we're I can still love my family. family. <laughs> yeah, my family I love more than anything. Right? We're like, this is so, all. <laughs> and we're not blaming. No. It's just, it's life. Yeah. And, we're and, doing it to our yeah. children right now. So. Well, and we're doing it to our brothers and sisters, too. Yes. We're part of the family on that side of it, which I think is another thing to look at. Like, totally. be, put off that energy of I'm non-judgmental. I love you. I'm here to support you. You can call me anytime. I'll do it. And I, I hope my family knows that about me. Cause, of course they do. Yeah, because it's true, you yeah. know. And and hopefully everybody can kind of create that safety. Because if, think about it. If you're, if, you, if you're on the other end of it, and you know what it's like to, to be holding a secret or not having support. Yeah. You know, to have that one person that you feel like you can tell anything is awesome. It's, so, it is, it's like life. Yeah. So a boundary. I just really, before we wrap up, I just want to say um, having a boundary with family might be, the boundaries, we, can, we could do 20 episodes on yeah. just boundaries. Um, but practice saying no to them when you'd normally say yes. How does that, like what... What does that mean? Because that's a that's a super hard word to just like spit out. Hey, you know what I mean? I like someone, maybe your mom says, hey, I want you guys to spend the night, sleep over. And that for you is like, that triggers my wife or that right. whatever. That's a perfect example. Uh, that doesn't work for us. We're going to come. We're going to stay late. <laughs> okay, so mom's triggered into, you're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to, we're all supposed to be together as a family and... You're going right? to be the only one. I, oh my gosh. Why, what, what's wrong with us? Why can't you, why, what's wrong with Ashlyn? How come she? Do I owe my mom an explanation in that moment when she's putting the squeeze so, on me? So be boundaried, right? So if, if it were, let's say it was my wife and my mom started, well, what's wrong with Jenny? How come she, I'd say, mom, I don't appreciate it when you, when you automatically blame Jenny. And the answer is no, we don't want to sleep over. Notice the dead space here. <laughs> Just let it, let it sit. This because is the expert now, in action. Now people. it's her job to deal with that reality. Yeah. You're just you're just being honest with what the reality is, right? And and I think that I think my statement earlier about I was never able to be authentic with my family also can can um, transition to I was never able to be honest. Yes. With my family. That's, and authenticity and honesty. Yeah. yeah. Like hand in glove kind of a thing. Because honest, like what I, it was, I was never ever permitted to speak my truth to my mom. Right. Ever. Right. Because she could just, anyways, it just wasn't the norm. So to be able to, to say that with other people, I, I recognize is so hard. But I want you guys to take note. And, and if you need to rewind this, hit the, hit the, you know, the 30 second rewind button. Again, I want you to do that because Brandon said something that's super, super important that I have put in the front part of my brain to always use that doesn't work for me 
Yeah, absolutely. And in truth, no one, you, you don't owe, if you're listening to this, you don't know, you don't owe anybody an explanation and including and especially your family who's not going to respect your boundaries. You don't owe them an explanation as to why it doesn't work for you. It's just, this isn't going to work for us, but this is what I can do, but I'm not, and, and you don't even have to say that if it's too hard, but saying right. no, it's just super, super simple. Right. This isn't going to work for me. Yep. Another it's, thing I love that Brandon has taught us is the silence. Like yeah. you, when we start to over think things and start giving I'm, all these. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, I, I got to keep talking. I'm uncomfortable. I see their face isn't reacting well. You know well. what? They know they got you right, right where they yeah. want you then. And right. so it's like, okay. Just you, be, a, I've said be my comfortable truth. with the uncomfortableness. Yeah. Like I know that that might not make you comfortable, but I'm sorry, mom, we can't sleep over. Just yeah. not going to work like, for us. It doesn't work for us. Happy okay. to come. Love you. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and, and the truth is, there you go. they'll get over it. They'll, they'll, they will yeah. get over it. Yeah. <laughs> So, Hopefully. So when they they call tonight and they say, "Hey, Kobe, you got to make three turkeys for Thanksgiving tomorrow." What do you say? Yeah, that's that's actually not going to work for me at all. <laughs> there you go. Good job. I'll bring the pie. How about yeah, that? Yeah, I'll for sure. I'll I'll bring three pictures of turkeys that we can set <laughs> in, the, in the kitchen on the counter, and then you can look at those. But I can't make three turkeys. Right. That's just not going to happen. Right. Okay. And, and honestly, though, that's been that's that's given me so much life. And it's been so easy to say. And I use it all the time with my girls. I use it with Ashlyn. I... And you know what? So recently we had a family member who came. It's been five years since um, we had a hard, not supportive moment. And she came and just apologized. And it's mm. five years later, but she's in a different place in her life. Good for her. And so I think when things don't go how you plan and they go the nightmare way, don't just write it off and say, I'm never going to see them again. Right. If they haven't treated you in a way that... I think that's a great you point, know, Ashlyn. It can still turn around. Keep your heart open for love and connection. I mean, the best part of life is connection, I believe, with, with family, with loved ones. And, you know, if you're always fake with your family, then they don't actually know the real you. Yeah. So give them the real you so that they can love you. And hopefully they'll give you the, the, their real you so you can love them. Because you want to nurture those relationships that, that are really helpful for you. And so, absolutely. you know, And you don't want to blow them off and just have drama. And if you have a lot of resentment and hatred in your heart, then you got to yeah. look at that because you're creating that. Right? And I, I guess I look at it like the, the way I got through all those hard moments was really trying to find empathy for them. Like what were they going through in their life that made them that? Respond, react that right. way. Right. Yeah. What was going on with them? And then looking back on me, like I've had to make a ton of changes to be the person I am today. Right. Who's still a work in progress. So we all are. Right. Have more empathy. Absolutely. It's always this the has answer. been awesome. <laughs> this has been super awesome. And there's nothing like living authentically with within yourself. It's hard and it's uncomfortable. It takes a learning curve. But when you can do that, it's freedom. Like, oh, man. Freedom. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure, you can and, freedom and, from addiction, freedom from resentment, codependency. It's freedom, everything. So. And and I will say this too: it's easier to leave a door open for someone when you are authentic and you're honest. Absolutely, because resentment for me always was was um, ammunition <laughs> to closing the door, slamming the door, totally. <laughs> hitting all the deadbolts, right? And say, you know, I'm going to shut this person out of my life. When I'm authentic and I can be me, it's like I'm so okay for you to come meet me where I am because this is what this is this is all you're gonna get from me because I'm boundaryed. If you're willing to come and meet me here, then mm -hmm. I welcome it. Right. Until then, it's like 
good uh, good luck to you for real. Right. But I'm going to be here and I'm going to be authentic. Right. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay, guys, if you have heard something you like, please share this. You can share this uh, in a private message. Um, you can just share the podcast in general and say, hey, episode whatever was tell, really good for me. Tell people to join our Facebook page. Yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. You trade addicted expert. Yeah. Yep, you can hop on there. There's a lot of good content there as well. And uh, please leave us a review if you have not yet. This helps us to uh, become, uh, to, to have more exposure yeah. uh, for people in general when they search. Because they do, people search for podcasts. And uh, if this has helped you, then just know it can help someone else pay for it that way. So thanks for being here, guys. See you guys.